Philadelphia, are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. everybody to brotherly love wrestling and on an explosive episode following up diarrhea the, <laughs> the aew pay-per-view revolution which needless to say revolution was a mystery oh god <laughs> i throw back to what our second episode that was a good episode <laughs> but uh Look how far we've come now we're doing it and people can see us yeah <laughs> even better yes so I think everybody in the wrestling world is talking. Why are you shaking heads with you? <laughs> Completely throwing me off. He's just pretending know. he's hugging our one fan in Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's a pullback from an Alex Zane episode. Me, <laughs> of all people, remembered that. So, uh, no, we're, so we're talking about revolution, and someone was in the crowd last night. He didn't have him, but he was in the crowd. Yes, Al Snow was in the crowd last night. Uh, Bill, let's. I'm gonna get your take first. What did you think? Um, and let's start with the main event since that's what everyone's talking about. You want to start with the main event? You want to yes. start leading up to the main event? No, I want to talk about the main event because you're gonna work your way backwards. Yeah, okay. and not only that, it's probably the thing that everyone will remember about this pay per view going forward. That's a shame too because I liked other things. <laughs> I saw. I saw an interesting statement somebody had put out that okay. supposedly from Vince McMahon that said all they ever remember is the finish. Yeah, Bully Ray said that. And uh <laughs> I, mean, I think that's enough said for the main event. I mean if you if they were to go like five, four, three and then cut the feed, it would have been one of the best matches they've had on that on that show like easily and but no they didn't and now this, and now they're going this. with the Moxley cutting a promo after saying uh you know Kenny Omega is a tough son of a bitch but uh he can't build an exploding ring worth shit and then Tony Khan now says it's canon so that's what they're going with now is that Kenny Omega is shitty at building. Obviously, we saw that from the promo last week where he was just hammering a fucking table for no reason. He's the cleaner, not the carpenter. <laughs> hey. And that would probably sell as a shirt is how stupid that is. It, it really would. Anything if... that you put out, you can put the cleaner and then it, not the carpenter. And you can be wearing a tool belt backwards. <laughs> or you'd be wearing it around his head instead of around his face. <laughs> People would buy that. They would. Absolutely. They really would. would. Here's the thing, though. I I didn't have high expectations going into that match because it really wasn't something. It's not. It's not really my thing. Like I'm not a death match wrestling fan. Like I can watch it to an extent, but the whole bloody just for the sake of bloody, which you knew it was going to be. I mean, it just. And it was 
But the thing I didn't like is that it wasn't barbed wire ropes. It was barbed wires around the ropes. Like, like they didn't take they, the ropes away and just put barbed wire. They didn't fully commit to this match anyway. Like, just from the looks alone, they did, it's not like it looked like the, the ones that you've seen in the past. Like, it, the gruesome where it's just barbed wires as ropes. And that's, I mean, they kind of sports entertained it up. But here's here's the thing. I mean, just because you know WWE is in this PG era because of sponsors and everything like that, AEW is on the same path. Like they have to follow Not for their pay per views, though. Yeah, same with WWE does it for the pay per views too. The whole yeah, but, yeah, but they have a network that they run their pay per views from, and they run ads and commercials that are their sponsors for their company and their product. AEW is just running a pay-per-view. They're not running commercials. They're not running any ads. Like, you're not worrying about sponsors when it comes to your pay-per-view. I mean, since you're on TV and you have to play a replay, I don't think that really affects that. Because you can kind of bits and pieces and kind of like kind of shadow things that you don't want people to see because of your sponsors when you're on air television but i don't think they have to worry about that the old, the i don't think they planned it that well I, I just don't like there was no time in between where you could take down the ropes and put up like there was no like you had to kind of go from one to the other well, well they had no, the cinematic I, match yeah the, yeah the cinematic match was filmed before the show actually started. yeah but that gave them the time to yes that's when they did to, to do the changeover yes yeah so but I think part of the problem might be that they couldn't figure out a way to rig it that if you throw someone into the barbed wire, it would actually support their weight. Mm -hmm. So they yeah, were you, using the ropes. Yeah, they were using the ropes as the support that if they landed, they didn't fall over through the barbed wire. Or you get that thing, you know, the wrap up in the arms if they hit the barbed wire and it folds, it's basically encasing them. So like they Sabu. might, yeah. So they might just have done the ropes to say, "Hey, that's how we support the weight from them getting thrown into it." If this is just a one and done, and they don't try to attempt this again, I'm kind of okay with it. Just leave it as kind of like an experiment, but don't go any further in this experiment because I. I don't think it was that great. I didn't... Uh, Larry, would you like to chime in? I, yeah, I would, because I think it was. I think it was very good. I think the storytelling was good. I think um, they made you... Uh, the first explosion was kind of lackluster, but I think the reactions, I think the violence, it wasn't just for the sheer fact of having it to be violent. Um, their facials gave it and made it more real the explosions got better the um god what is his uh, his ddt again called oh the uh, paradigm shift thank you the, the paradigm shift. yeah I, I was gonna call it that the paradigm shift he had another acdc reference there was another acdc reference towards uh moxley i think it was last week on dynamite i forget what the fuck it was yeah i don't remember hearing it but that was cool right all for the apron um 
where oh, Kenny almost landed directly on his head. Through the chair. That was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal too. I think everything was very well done, even up to Eddie Kingston, even though they had that storyline coming out, still trying to save Mox this, and get him that up. Was everything fine. Was that great. was fine. It was, it was just the end. <laughs> it, the, the end, end was unfortunate. It was a botch. It, whatever happened that didn't go off or if that is exactly how it's planned. But here's the thing. If that's how it was planned and you're going to run this with the storyline, I mean, how far are you going to be able to go with this? Like, how far are, yeah. are you going to be able to keep, like, it, okay, it looks like, okay, this was the plan. It looks like you're just trying to save face anyway. Yeah, absolutely it is. And how long can you, like, run this in there now? Like, oh, we were just joking. Ha ha ha, joke's on you. We met the fuck up. So, honestly, I think... If you were to pare down all the explosions, the landing against the ropes, the paradigm shift outside, honestly, I think this entire match gimmick setup can be summed up in one moment. And it was the way for Moxley to get out of a one-winged angel. And it was kicking the ropes so the explosion goes off after taking a one-winged angel. And that was another really, really cool moment. And that, that was the way that they could get Moxley to kick out of the one-winged angel without actually kicking out of the one-winged angel. Because we all know the kick out for the one-winged angels is going to be Hangman. Like, we know that's, that's what they're leading to. So, Moxley, unless they decide to bring Okada in, and then Here's he kicks the out of everything. I don't think anybody kicks out of it. I, don't, I think there's no more protected moves in wrestling. There is no more. The RKO. The RKO's been kicked out a, a few times. He's had to hit that a bunch mm -hmm. of times. I'm pretty sure McIntyre kicked out of an RKO. Yeah, I think the one we gave okay. is the only one left. No, there's two. There's two that have never been kicked out of. No one has ever kicked out of the one-winged angel that I, to my recollection, yeah. but I haven't been, haven't been following Omega forever, but... I think you're right. No, I don't think anyone has. And the end of days. Ah, Corbin's true. finisher is yeah. the only other protected finisher. No one has kicked out of the end of days yet. He hasn't gone through the same caliber of wrestler and for the same purpose as Omega, but still, it is of the only two protected moves that I know of yeah. that haven't been kicked out of. So I don't know if, if Omega gives that to anybody. Well, I Unless think... he gives it to someone on his way out. Because once true. someone kicks out... That's, that's it. it. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it's it. Over. Now, yeah. now you know that it can't. Now you have to come up with something new that someone else can't kick out. Of. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he's ready to do that. He's almost like Omega might have these fantastic matches, but he's kind of the same match over and over. Like you know, you're gonna get a shit ton of V triggers. Yeah. And you know, you're gonna get the one winged angel. I mean, you're gonna get a lot of the same yeah, things. You can They're say that about a lot, though. No, a you can say that about everybody. Wrestling. You yeah. can say that about everybody. But I think that's a part of of wrestling right now. Is that and how it's always been is that you're always gonna get the same stuff. It's a matter of how you change the pace and how you change the story, the build up to the actual match itself that'll make it those moves even more special. Which I don't know if AEW is 100% there yet. I thought this... I mean, the whole Moxley Omega thing is good, but I think I didn't like it as much because I'm kind of over it. Mm -hmm. Kind of over that. Like, I I get it. You're going to run this because it's got a, a history since Mox, since 
the incarnation of AEW and Moxley showed up and attacked Omega and you keep it's gonna be like your bread and butter yeah so to speak but you're too young for bread and butter yeah there is nobody else that you could that you're thinking of right now that is gonna challenge Omega and have a legitimate shot Moxley well I think I think that the plan is that this put a bow a bow on the Moxley Omega feud so that Moxley can go have his kid. Yeah, yeah, that's but, fine. But it's set up Eddie Kingston as the next challenger because he's going to want vengeance for, for Moxley. That's fine, but you can't tell me with a straight face that you think Kingston's going to take the title from Omega. No, he's not, but I'm, I mean, can you watch, like, yes, Fastlane? Yes, you, you can watch Eddie Kingston and be entertained. I'm not taking anything away from Kingston. I'm taking away from the predictability of wrestling. You haven't built anyone up. As good as Kingston might be on the mic, he's already lost to Moxley. He's already lost a handful of matches thus far. He's not going to beat Kenny Omega. I mean, Kenny Omega's not this... He's He's been beaten, but he's been beaten by the top, top caliber of your roster. There's no one that you've built up yet that you believably think he could beat, except for Cody. And so, Cody can't challenge for that title. On the flip side of that, okay, is there anybody that WWE has built up that you seriously think could beat Roman Reigns? They have a lot more credibility on their roster. Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens. Especially Kevin Owens. I would, I would agree with Kevin, Kevin Owens. Owens. Daniel Bryan, I wouldn't. Yeah. All Daniel Bryan needs to do is get on a yes run, and that's it. I mean, he's a former champion. They don't have any... They are too young to have former champions. Like, the former well, champions that they have... Yeah. Like, AJ Styles could beat Roman Reigns. Like, there's there's people on that... AJ Styles has beaten everybody that's the best. He could beat Roman Reigns. Edge could beat Roman Reigns. There's plenty of people on this roster that could... Beat there's Roman an Reigns. argument to be made that Edge might beat Roman Reigns in well, Mania. No, see, that's the thing. Anybody could, I mean, that, and that's wrestling. That's anybody can beat anybody. Anybody can beat anybody, but you got to look at the caliber of the, like, there's no one that has been built up. There's been, like, who would you think that their top dogs are? Probably Archer. Lance Archer would be one of their top guys. Who is just in Should a, be, yes. a ladder match for their secondary title. He's not, he hasn't been yeah. built to the main card yet. There isn't anybody that's been built for the main card except for MJF. Jericho. MJF could could get in there. You know that he could, but they've kind of backtracked him. Mm -hmm. They could throw Sting in there and they they could. I'm not I'm, champion. He could get in there and win. That's the same yeah. argument for Edge. That happening. You could see that well with a big 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 age, age yeah. difference. Well, yes, <laughs> very much so, but still. There's a lot. But here's the thing. Yeah, but they don't have their own champions. They have former champions of other companies, which is going to happen because they're still young. But you have to get people there. You have to get people to that main title picture. And it has to be more than one person at a time. There's got to be people, like, because they keep pairing people off in tag teams. They're WWE. It. Like, you have Pac. Pac. However you want to say his name. Who could have easily been neck and neck with Kenny Omega and he could have easily been highlighted without the pandemic and without him being able to be seen because he couldn't get back over here that did hurt him but even before that 
Like, he shouldn't have come back and been in a tag team. He shouldn't be back and in a tag team going for this. Why are you fo- – you have every fucking tag team that is an actual tag team on your roster that you can interchange into that tag team title picture. You don't have to create tag teams at this point for the sake – you have Ray Phoenix and you have Pack. Break them up and have them going towards the top because they're bro- both proven commodities. And since they don't have a monster, monster Kenny Omega could be beat by them. It's just simple booking that they just, they're, look, you're WWEing it. You're creating tag teams for the sake of creating tag teams when you have a full tag. You just had 15 tag teams in a goddamn team. I, I have to slightly disagree with you on that one. You can, but I'm right. They're, <laughs> they're pushing Penta. And yeah. they want, they have that little stable there, and they're, they want Penta to be the center of focus for that statement. And what title was he just in a match? What match was he just in for a title? TNT. Title was that? Yeah. Is that your main title? Okay. Who's and now that Moxley's so going, so so by your argument, if yeah. Big E dropped the Intercontinental title, you couldn't see him going for a world title. Who? They couldn't book Big E to go for a world title after dropping the Intercontinental. They or yeah. But so why can't they do that with Penta? Why can't they build Penta? They've got two they months they until their big double or nothing pay per view. Two months to build. Who have they been building? There's if Moxley is your end. This is your two build? months to build. Okay, that's fine. Who do you see them building? WWE doesn't build for Mania until the Rumble happens. No, but they have a lot of interchanging parts. Well, yeah, and they also have two rosters, two shows. And uh, five hours of TV. That's all well and good, but why are you building tag teams that you don't need to build? So they don't build SmackDown. SmackDown's two hours a week. And then that's the same as AEW. Why can't they build to their mania in two months? You've you've had people in the main title spotlight in WWE. So you can always see them going back there. They don't have that in AEW. They've pushed Jericho and they've pushed... Cody and they've pushed Moxley. All nobody, nobody else is really. If they got up there, they were pushed immediately back. All like they need to do is two words. And I don't know how much you guys know about this, but Dark Penta. If he just goes around and starts snapping people's fucking arms, he could easily be built in two months into. The double or nothing feud for Omega. They're not going to do that because they're still run. They're still running as much as they like to say that there's no face and heel. They're not going to ruin Kenny Omega's. There is face and heel. They have separate tunnels for them. <laughs> no shit. They're not going to. That's what I'm saying. You just answered my my argument. For, they're not going to have bad guy Penta go against bad guy Kenny and have you forced to root for someone. Tweener Penta. I think they would. I think. I mean, Penta wasn't so much a heel in Lucha Underground when he was dark. He was going against a heel faction when he was doing the arm breaks. So people want to see the. I think if if arm breaker comes back, I think it would. That's a fan favorite gimmick that's going to get really over really quick. Yeah, it's going to get really. Especially with fans back now. Yeah, but it's it, how it's all well and good, but how long are you going to be able to run? A, oh, I'm going to break your arm. 
After How long did Matt Hardy run the broken gimmick? That's completely different. <laughs> completely You're different. talking about a character versus I have a little thing that I do in the ring. A little thing that I do? He was yeah. a completely different character. It's, that is built for a chase. That's not built to, to sustain That's the title. That's built right. for a chase. Yes, but then... That could get him to double or nothing. There's your two months of booking. And then he's done. If he doesn't win, he's done. Okay. And then he's just... Then you move on to the next one. Yeah, but then you you wait to get... That's a stupid gimmick to, to try and put... You need people that are going to sustain. What, is he going to break people's arms forever? Yeah! There's a lot of people on the roster. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, all right. Let's move on. Let, let's let's get to another match that happened let's just get to the positives so probably the second best cinematic match period who was first I think the Firefly Funhouse was the best yeah, I like how you almost butchered that I almost did almost did Firefly you almost Firefly that street fight and, and well 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 exceeded my the, expectations you think the, the Funhouse was better than the the uh Styles Undertaker. Styles Undertaker was great, but I think the layers that were in you just like the the callbacks from the. Firefly I like this. I like the storytelling. It was like it wasn't even a match. I know. It legitimately but, wasn't even a cinematic match. It was just cinematic with an ending that happened to be a pin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying again. Then, which is no surprise coming out of my mouth is the storytelling. I love that storytelling, and I still I think that last night Sting. And Darby and Cage and um, Starks. Uh, Starks. I was going to say Theory because I always get them mixed up. Uh, they all the time. That's a technical. All the time. They just That's put on a technical foul. They just put on such a good match. The quality of cinematic was ridiculous. The camera cuts and everything they were doing was so well done. And not only that, Sting looked great in it. He came out looking great. Uh, Team Taz looked great. The Hobbs, everyone included, like they were really good. It was awesome. Really was so good video good. package for that too. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I, just, I think. I think cinematic matches. I think they just add like only benefit to wrestling because you know how there's only like everyone likes something like oh yeah I don't mm -hmm. enjoy this but I like this. I think that this just gives you something else to like. It gives you something else to dislike too. But I think it just. I think. It's more in the positive than it is in the negative. Is yes, that, I mean, yeah. And with cinematic, it doesn't get played out because it, it's all kind of different. Yeah, there's all yeah. it's you can, you can, and you have the time to shoot it, mm -hmm. and make cuts, and make it like you have you can make this perfect. You don't have to worry about botches because that's not going to make it. Yeah, I, I am going to say. Despite the fact of it being a cinematic match, I don't think it can be put in the same bracket as Firefly Funhouse and the Boneyard match. I think, Why I do think, you say that? I think that's because this is a street fight, and they booked it like a street fight would be booked, whereas Firefly Funhouse and Boneyard match well, Boneyard were way more cinematic than they were a match. This was a legitimate match. There was a ring, even. This was a legitimate match. The other two were not really matches. Taker never pinned AJ. Firefly Funhouse wasn't a match. But Gray pinned Cena. 
<laughs> Look, if that was your criteria, Bray pinned him. So I mean, I agree but, with you. But, but there I was there. I I honestly think that this was the most match of a cinematic match. It was more match than it was cinematic. Of the no, no, I don't think not. It, it wasn't more match than it was cinematic because the whole thing was cinematic. I, I, I agree, but I'm saying that this had the most match out of all the cinematic matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. like, that, that spot throwing Darby into the window pane, mm -hmm. and it landing on his head and shit, and then yeah. the callback to throwing the bat upstairs to having it thrown back down. Yeah. Flawless. Breaking the bat over Cage, mm -hmm. and then picking up the shovel and hitting him with a shovel. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought, I thought that this was... I think I could say this is the best cinematic match I've seen. Wait, but you just said it, it, it's not on the same level as... No, I was saying um, I can't put it in the same category as those. As those because this had more match than it, the other ones did. This was more entertaining for you. This was more entertaining for me because it felt like it was... It wasn't just a cinematic. It was a cinematic it match. It like cheeky comedy type thing like they did. Yeah. Stadium Stampede and, and those like things. even back to the broken stuff. Even back to the broken stuff, it that was even more matched than it was like than the other ones because they had legitimate like actual like pins and yeah, shit like that. Cinematic was also Gargano and Champa, and it was also Edge and Orton. Orton. Yeah, also yeah. Cinematic. So, and, and that and that fits weird. more towards this Sting. That's the category I put with exactly. the Sting Darby and everything. It's because it was more matched than the other ones that were made just to be like a movie. Like Firefly Funhouse was made to be a cinematic with a match ending. Yeah, Boneyard match was a cinematic. Yes. No, this agree. was a I a match through and through. There was a bell ring at the beginning. There was I actual wrestling moves. The part about cinematic matches is that you, like I said, you can't compare each one to each other because they're all different. They're all done differently. And there's going to be some naysayers, but there's going to be an overwhelming support for them because they're meant to. They're. I know everything's meant to entertain you, but they. It's like they have a mulligan. Yeah, absolutely. So they can get everything perfect, and it can, it can, it can hit harder. You can take a sixty-plus-year-old Sting and make him look like he's in his thirties in a match like that because it just all right, cut. Now let's move to this and get ready to do this. Like it, it is a lot easier. Shit, if they really wanted to get into it, he could have a stunt double. Yeah. Well, I honestly, I put this I, I, on Facebook. I was commenting along with with some people, and I said that I think towards the beginning. There was a Sting stunt double in the very beginning. I have to watch it back again um, a, a second time, but I'm pretty sure well, there was I mean, a stunt double. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I I would use it, and not only that, it's dark. It was at night. It's in that warehouse. Like, I, why not use everything you can to make have Sting come out healthy and still look good to everybody else? I mean, I think it was perfect. Well, and I don't I don't want to cut everybody off, but we have like maybe. 10-15 minutes to go over the rest of the card and we've been talking about this cinematic match forever. There's only a couple more things we're gonna Okay, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Putting it out there. Alright, so we'll brush we'll brush towards the we won't go over match by match. We were promised two surprises. Yes. We got two very, very good surprises, 
and we were saying on our last review show when we were or preview show for Revolution that we were unsure if we were gonna buy it or watch it and they would have to do something for their go home show to like push us over the edge. Yeah. And I think the intri surprise intrigue will always kind of at least for me and for us. Yeah, it will always kind of be like, all right, well now I don't want to miss it. So it kind of it kind of tips the scale. It's the same the reason the Royal Rumble is everybody's favorite pay per view. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes, and I think that they did very very well with both the surprises. They weren't like over the top, like oh I can't believe it. They were like perfect fit, like the sweet spot right in the middle. Yeah, right in the middle. Like Ethan Page, I think he's gonna do big things, and I think he could be one of those guys that gets to that top spot. Like he could be very easily. If he's because he can run both babyface, heel, tweener, mm -hmm. whatever the fuck you want to call it, he can be kind of like an MJF. But I feel like he's that good to kind of be elevated quickly. He can be on the fast track. And then you have Christian. I mean, Christian literally just showed up in the Royal Rumble, is in the final four in the Royal Rumble. Now he shows up and is with AEW. He's kind of a Rick Rude put move there. Yeah, he's always been the odd, kind of the odd man. He's always been the one to venture off. I mean, he was big in WWE, but he never got that that big push that he always felt he deserved, that he earned, and went to TNA, and then came back to WWE. Now he's going to AEW. I mean, he's always been that guy that kind of go elsewhere and capitalize on that. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, they have Edge, and Edge is in a main title storyline. It's not like they're going to bring Edge and Christian back together. No. And we don't know what his schedule is going to look like for WWE anyway. He did, He's not going to get the same push. He's not going to get the main event push no, he's like not. Edge is going to get. He, no. never, he never did. Theoretically, we could end up with the two manias. Like, you have WrestleMania and then you have Double or Nothing. We could have Edge and Christian as main eventing yes. both. You could have Edge and Christian as dueling champions. Mm -hmm. Now I I've seen a lot of people bad mouthing Christian. What? I think part of the of Christian. Part of the problem is is that Why? they built it up too much. Exactly. They built it up too much. They yeah, were like, oh, it's going to be Brock Lesnar. It's going to be Goldberg. It's going to be CM no Punk CM Punk and that for Lesnar and you got Christian, which. I don't know. I'm kind of more excited for Christian. And over, that and that's I'm the a, problem. I'm more excited for Christian over Angle, and I'm more excited for Christian over Lesnar for sure. Because I don't think it's fair to put Lesnar in that roster. But yeah. if you put Lesnar with that roster, then now you have your main event caliber, yeah. and he will never go backwards. He could lose, but he will still be that guy because he's going to destroy the rest of the roster until he gets that title. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing, like, that's where I go back and forth with Lesnar. But is he going to fit in with AEW? No, because they really don't have anybody that could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. They Unless do. Unless he works his Japanese style when he was in New Japan. Or he works the style that he did against Styles and Brian. In exactly. the, and, yeah, and yeah, Balor. And Balor, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you, have, and you have those matches where... He sells because he they sells catch him unawares. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to pay Brock Lesnar, he's going to do what you want. And AEW schedule, and I don't know. Honestly, in truth, do you know how many pay-per-view buys it would be if you had Kenny Omega versus Brock Lesnar as your headliner? 
Yeah. My God. That would be an instant would, tear up. Lesnar would help. Lesnar would help that roster greatly, but I'm still, I, I'm still a bigger fan of Christian. So I think Lesnar teaching some of the big guys how to how to do what he does would be as much of a help as him appearing at the paper. Will they stand next to Lesnar and they're not big guys anymore? Uh, I don't know. Still is. Yeah, but not with. Well, you yeah, not be, with. But you can be. Yeah, but Lesnar is of a different creature than anybody else that they have on their roster. Billy Gunn is the biggest person they have on their roster right now. Is Billy Gunn bigger than Archer? And Cage? Oh, he's definitely bigger than Cage. Cage well, taller, I'm but taller bigger? You. So you can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you need that height to go with that. You can be wide Could, all you want, but if you're still standing next to a six foot three or six foot four person who's jacked as well, you're not so big anymore. But anyway, until you prove the point that you're you you need to be taken seriously that big. We're getting way off topic. All I'm saying is that I don't see the hate for Christian because he's not just he's going to help that maybe not on screen as much, but people will learn a lot from Christian. He will help AEW Mm -hmm. as a whole behind the scenes, not just as much. Developing that young talent yeah. by far. He's going to yes. help with character development. He's going to he's he's going to be like a Matt Hardy. Yeah, I mean Matt Hardy's going to work with. I mean, look what he's 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 done with Guevara and now Hangman. I mean, he's going to he's going to party. Yeah, private party. He's going to put himself. He's going to put himself in a position where he looks strong, but he's also elevating others. Mm-hmm. I think Christian's going to be the same boat. Whereas Lesnar is going to come in and wreck shop and he's going to put the company over the company will be probably better off with Lesnar in it but he's not going to be developing talent he's not going to be sitting in the back with the headset on being like oh yeah why did you do this in your match no he's not Pro- his promo ability alone is going to help that roster so much yeah, Christian absolutely yeah for sure and Christian was one that said he hated promos and he sucked at promos and butchered them. he really doesn't no, but no. you listen to. But he also. I would love to hear E and C now that they're on different. <laughs> like I think that's there's a good podcast. There's your way of bridging the gap. Yep. My God. Well, I think we can wrap it up here. Um, so, I, I guess come Wednesday we will we will have to wait and see where they go from here if they really do have Kingston uh, um, set up for the run against Omega now that. He came out to help Moxley, or maybe someone else is elevating. That that's just that was just part of the storyline. So uh, there's a lot that we're gonna have to unwrap come Wednesday night, and uh, and NXT Wednesday night has both huge title matches on Wednesday night, which mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly I'm leaning towards NXT, even though we have the fallout from Revolution. I and can't they, not watch they, the two title matches on it's NXT. It's funny how they did it, and they just lined it up perfectly. Where, oh no, I have to watch a, go, a, a Fallout show, or I get, oh no, now it's hard. Yeah, they still honestly, honestly, I'm not even dreading the NXT move to Tuesday. I'm no. not, because that would make life so much easier. <laughs> Sorry, Impact, you better get on that one. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Well, no, because it, 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 Tony Collins just going to buy Impact and move them over to AEW anyway. Yeah, but you're still going to have to run against NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. So, 
thank you for watching. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to look out for our episode with Aaron Rourke. And uh, we hope you will be uh, joining us. Thanks again. And before we go, I'm calling you out, Rob. You talked about coming on. You talked about wanting to be part of it. I'm calling you out. Come get some. <laughs>